podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Nat Coombe Show is brought to you in association with the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. The first chance to get tickets to see Northwestern versus Nebraska at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday, the 27th of August, 2022, is through their pre-sale on Friday, the 19th of November. So visit collegefootballisland.com to sign up now for exclusive access. That's collegefootballisland.com. Head on over and sign up. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show, week 11 of the NFL Super Bowl winner, friend of the show, all pro Shane Vereen back in the house. And we figured it's week 11. It's Shane Vereen. Last time Shane was on, we did 11 questions for Shane Vereen. For some reason, I'm not entirely sure about even now. Let's do it again. The reprise. 11 more questions for Shane Vereen to get you set for the weekend. Let's get to it. Shane Vereen, good to see you, man. How's life? Hey, everything's good. Just busy. Uh, enjoying football season, though. I mean, it's keeping Ooh, yeah. me on my toes. That's yeah. for sure. How are you doing? Cannot believe we're at week 11, for starters. I mean, what the hell is happening with our generation that everything is just going faster and faster <laughs> every single season, it seems. Yeah. I bet you're enjoying football season that little bit more over the last couple of weeks. Now your Patriots are suddenly back <laughs> in. Huh? Yeah, they're, start- they're starting to play, man. Um, and, I- and I think... I think it was honestly just a matter of time. And obviously I could say that coming. I mean, it doesn't sound as great coming from me because the time I spent there, but (laughs) I I did believe that the team that they had put together for this season was built um, for the run that they're about to go on to end this season and into the playoffs, not necessarily for the beginning of the season. Yeah. That will, I want to get into the Patriots. We, we absolutely will, of course, with you on, on the show, but rather than just make it a Patriot-centric focus show, or indeed just go through game after game on the Week 11 slate uh, in that kind of old mundane, old school, kind of dull way. Producer Earl, you know, yeah, we, we had great success last time you were on with 11 questions for Shane Marie, because that was tenuous enough last time, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good. They had, you had some good ones, though. Yeah, questions were good. Fair play. Fair play. We, we had some goodies, but... We're going to repeat that. We're going to reprise it. 11 more questions for Shane. Because if I remember rightly, uh, Propo will tell me it was to do with the number of receiving touchdowns you had in your career or something. There was some really tenuous Uh, reason why we went for 11, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was like catches in the Super Bowl or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's week 11, technically. So it kind of makes sense as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all all joining up. All right. So let's kick it off. Question number one. Speaking of your Patriots, involved in Thursday Night Football with uh, none other than the Atlanta Falcons rebooting Mm. that remarkable game. So how desperate, Shane Vereen, will Matt Ryan be to wreak some revenge on the Patriots that stole his team, that tore his heart out in front of our players? You know, I I think... um... That will definitely be on Matt Ryan's mind, and and that will definitely be a motivating factor in the back of his head. But right now, where Atlanta sits, four and five, uh, in fourth place in the NFC South, there. But it it just being week eleven, there's still time for them to get back in and and merely make a push for a possible um, wild card spot. Which is crazy to think that Atlanta has a chance <laughs> as a wild card, as bad as they've been playing since that Super Bowl run. Um, 
so I, I think that that's going to be more on his mind and more of the motivating factor. But um, I know he wants to beat Bill Belichick. I mean, I, I can only imagine the one Super Bowl he gets to team is up pretty much has the game in hand. And then, you know, it all falls apart in the late third or fourth quarter. Um, you don't re- you don't forget those games like you, you will. He does not forget that game. Nobody does. And um, but I do think that the more important aspect for Matt Ryan and his season right now is the fact that they're about a game and a half um, out of contention for a wild card spot. Well, blown away last week, of course, just as people were talking them back into to playoff contention and, and uh, particularly on our show, bigging up Matt Ryan and saying what a great gutsy season he was having. And then yeah. they run in headfirst into, into the Cowboys. Just back on the on that Super Bowl defeat. Uh, look, it's never easy, I guess, to lose the, the biggest game of your life. But in that manner as well, how do players get over that do they ever get over that so in context with this game we're talking about he's going to want revenge of course but in in reality Mm -hmm. that going to be creeping into his mind moments during the week when he's trying to prepare for the game in the game situation itself and i know every player is different right but did you find when you were playing that at certain points in the game stuff was coming into your head that you you know you needed to shake out or you just totally removed from that by the time you're on the field right that's a good question yeah you know um it doesn't completely remove from your head any any tough or, or big loss. My senior year of high school football, we lost a game that was going against our crosstown rivals. The winner of the game went to went to the playoffs. The loser went home, and we lost in like the last minute and a half of the game. And I still remember that vividly. I still remember play by play of of the events that led to us losing. But I in turn tried to put that into motivation and. and motivating me to be successful, motivating me to work harder, to think about that during the off seasons and push myself for an extra set, push myself for extra time in meetings and extra Mm -hmm. time in film. And um, so I think when you have such a traumatic loss, um, which I'm assuming is how Matt Ryan and everybody, a part of that Atlanta Falcons organization in the Super Bowl, you can decide to do one of two things and you can allow that to get in your way every time you're in a close game or, or anytime you're up in a game and just thinking about, uh Oh, this week we could get, they could come back and beat us or you can, you can kind of use it as a motivating factor to push ahead and win the game. Mm. Okay. So stay with that one. That game. I mean, uh, for question number two of the Chamberlain 11, who has had the more impressive season so far? And of course, this is all relatively speaking and, and, and in context, Mac Jones or Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick. Um, and that's not to take anything away from Matt Jones or Mac Jones, excuse me. Um, I just think um, this after the season that they've had last year, they, they and all the, the new additions that they had coming into this year, starting a rookie quarterback, um, you know, a bunch of different key pieces around him, but it's mm-hmm. the first time they've all been playing together. Um, so that, that chemistry takes time and it takes a good coach to bring that chemistry out. It takes a good coach to understand what each player does well and put those players in position to be successful. Had Mac Jones been in another organization in another system, he might not be having the year that he's having, mm-hmm. but because he's, he's under the tutelage of Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick and all the experience that that organization comprises of, I think that that has allowed him to kind of breathe um, understand that they're not going to put too much on his plate, but you, as a, it takes coaching, in my opinion, um, to really 
help a rookie quarterback, um, especially in the situation with a bunch of new key pieces um, to have success. And they're rolling right now. So I, I give I tip my hat off to Bill Belichick. Do you think it helps that Mac Jones has a lot of new faces around him as well that are, that are new to the Patriots, like particularly offensively, right? So obviously Ramondre yeah. Stevenson, but Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar. I know the latter are, are seasoned vets, right? But yeah. nevertheless, they're new to the Patriots. Does that help that as a unit, it's all new to them working for Belichick and McDaniels? Well, um, no, I, I don't think that makes it easier. Um I think it makes it more of a challenge, not necessarily for the players, but more of a challenge for the team as a whole. Um, sure. when, when you're adding just one or two key pieces, it's easier. For instance, when I first got there, there wasn't much changeover from the year before. So I could just w- sit down and just watch, just watch yeah. practice from the sidelines, just watch film. And yeah. just by watching, I was able to learn how to be a part of this team, how to play in this offense. If when everybody's new, the whole now scale change. Yeah, exactly. I, I, get, I get that. I suppose what I meant was more from Mac Jones's perspective that yeah. as a rookie, if he kind of rolled in and it was Edelman and, uh, you know, yourself and players that have been there, done it, won a Super Bowl well, with Brady, yeah. would that in a way have put more pressure on him? Well, he might have put more pressure on himself and it's been an easier transition because, hey, most of these guys are new. Yeah. I, in, that, in that sense, yes, absolutely. Because, and, and I, I, I would unfortunately compare it to last season uh, when, when they had Cam Newton and he was an experienced quarterback, obviously hasn't had it, didn't play with the Patriots, but he was with a, um, an offense that with most guys have had an experience in an organization, some guys that have won Super Bowls there and it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the fact that they are all going through those learning curves and, and traveling over, over those hurdles together um, is good for them. And I think it brings them together more as a team and as a locker room. Give me a line on Ramondre Stevenson because he had a beast of a game last time out. Do you think he's going to start to get the nod more regularly or will McDaniels keep rotating the rock? You know, I think there's going to be a rotation, but when there's a hot hand, you got to stick with the hot hand. And, mm. and some weeks the hot hand is going to be Stevenson. Some weeks it's going to be Harris. Some weeks it's going to keep the ball in Mac Jones's hands and let him just shred the defense. Um, you know, so, but. Uh, that goes back again to my coaching point. Um, but, you know, Patriots, they, they, that organization, they do like to rotate things week to week, new game plans every week to give themselves an advantage um, against any team that they're playing against. Is that frustrating for you as a player? I mean, I, I guess it's easy to live with if you're winning, if you're winning rings, right? But is yeah. that frustrating, particularly as a running back, right? If you And I know these days it is more than ever running back by committee and uh, – mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and more variation and rotation, but particularly if you are finding rhythm, right? Then, and then you find, well, next week you're not really given many carries, and then the week after you are, and it's, is that quite disruptive to get into a groove? Yes, it is. It, it's it's tough, um, especially especially at the running back position because I feel that um, the running back position, unlike others, it's all it's about rhythm, like you said, it's about rhythm, it's about the the feel, it's about. Um, it's about how is the offensive line moving this week? What, 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 what runs are they blocking? Well, what runs are they maybe having trouble with during the week? And if you're not getting those reps during the week and then you get in the game, you know, you're not really, you're, you're a little hesitant. Um, so I definitely think it's important for, for running backs to get as many touches um, in a consistent amount, not necessarily 15, one week, two, one week, 30, the next, 
But if you can get a consistent 10 to 15 each week, mm. and then maybe that grows. But I think it's the consistency for a running back um, that matters more than anything. One more on the Pats. You might have seen, see the Mac Jones child modeling photos that, that have been doing the rounds. No have way. Seen, have you seen these? I'll, <laughs> show you, I'll show you on the screen. Look at that. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> They got released. I'm sure much to Mac's delight, right? That they know. Yeah. How much... How much grief is he going to be getting for those? In the- <laughs> right now? Yeah, th- those pictures will be resurfacing probably for the remainder of his career. <laughs> Once they're out there, they- they're not going anywhere. I mean, no going back after that. Oh, I God. A little, little country club tennis player. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And that's it. It's not just that he's done them. It's the fact that they're dressing him as a kind of middle-aged hedge funder. <laughs> country club as well. Amazing. Brilliant yeah. stuff. All right. Uh, let's move on. And I want to talk about about another uh, running back with you that uh, we feel on the show, Shane, is is woefully underrated, I think, not just in his position, but in the grand scheme of the NFL. And this, I guess, begs the broader question about why something, a theme where you and I have talked about a fair bit, why running backs don't get enough love uh, in, in the right. NFL. So right. the, the Colts, the Colts who are, of course, playing the Bills this weekend, crucial game for, for both teams. Now the Bills are in a, a real fist fight for the AFC East. The Colts will still harbor playoff ambitions if the Colts upset the Bills and Jonathan yeah. Taylor has a big game in that one should he start to be talked about in in the MVP race now I know that running backs rarely if ever get an MVP nod but right. usually when people are talking about MVP and not week three you know crazy yeah. talk but we get <laughs> yeah. to this stage of the season it's kind of fair enough to have a short list of players that are MVP candidates yeah. should Taylor be in that mix do you think I, I do. I, I, I think he's earned it. Um, Indianapolis is a team that's, you know, similar to a lot. It's weird. A lot of teams right now, they didn't start the season off well, but they fought their way, their way back. And mm. enough teams that start the season out well, they haven't really separated themselves from the rest of their division or the rest of their conference. So because of that, because Indianapolis has fought back and they still have a chance to not only make the playoffs, I think they have an outside chance if Tennessee can't find a, a significant running game to win mm. that division. Um, so absolutely, Jonathan Taylor should be should be at least at bare minimum in the conversation. I mean, he's been absolutely unbelievable this entire season. Win, lose, or draw, mm. he has shown up and he has played every single game. He they've got a brutal run in the Colts. Just looking at it, so after the Bills, they've got the Bucks. Okay, the Texans. Uh, a free hit, kinda as much as he can get in the NFL. Then the yeah. Patriots, then the Cardinals, <laughs> who should be fully fit again, and then the Raiders. Dangerous, dangerous yeah. spot there as well. So that is a that is a tough old gig. With um with Tennessee, let's jump to jump to them for a minute. They uh, they have the Texans this weekend, so uh, you would assume they 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 should take that down fairly yeah. easily. Extend their their uh, number one spot uh, grip on the number one spot in the AFC, but. It's something we talked about earlier on this week, Shane, that, yeah, they've taken care of business since Derrick Henry's gone down, but look at how much of an impact it's had on their collective offense and yardage gain, the ground game yeah. didn't get going at all last week. Would you expect, particularly with AP coming back after a long time out, that to get steadily better? Or do you think that actually it's going to stay at that kind of level? It is a massive drop-off in terms of productivity and that eventually the Titans are going to get found out. I, I that's a great. Um, I do think that Adrian Peterson will find um, 
more of a rhythm, um, find his, his legs, if you will. Mm. Um, my fear for the Tennessee Titans um, is that if they don't find a run game, if they don't find a consistent offensive weapon, um, because that's what that that's what that offense was built upon. It was built upon an, a single offensive weapon in Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Now, if you lose him, if you can't find that singular offensive weapon to then kind of shift or build your offense around, or if you can't all collectively come together and be the the type of scoring machine and the type of dominant offense that you were, I fear that the defense in these last few weeks of the season is going to get beat up. They're going to mm-hmm. get tired because. They've been put to the test and they have answered the bell, but it is the NFL. And to be able to sustain that, whether it's an offense or defense, to be able to sustain that this late in the season and then going into the playoffs, that's going to be extremely tough for the Titans. So they're, they'll, I think they'll find a way to, to win the division. I do think they'll win it, but um, they're, they have to. That's based upon them finding an offensive rhythm, a dominant offensive rhythm. You know, it's a great point you make on – the the defense, which I think has been overperforming, I think most people would agree that Tennessee, has, based on what we thought, has been overperforming, and uh, and that time of possession, it was something Mike Carlson was really getting into on our show earlier this week. How obviously significant that is at the best of times, but for a team like that with an indifferent defense, then the pass rush has been incredible. I get that, but an indifferent defense that could revert to to tight pretty soon. That is going to be. An increasingly significant problem for them, I think, if they are on the field a lot more than they might have been with Henry yes. running the rock and uh, and putting in more reps and the impact Absolutely. starts to diminish. Yeah, fascinating. And it, it's really interesting what you say about how so many teams clustered up, so many teams that are all kind of in the mix and obviously some will emerge uh, over the next five, six weeks uh, to, to land those playoff spots. There are some more clear-cut teams though that we know are definitely making the playoffs unless something yeah. incredible happens like the Packers right let's take the Packers they got the Vikings this weekend the Vikings much like uh the Colts one of those teams that refusing to go away uh mm-hmm. could still put a run together are the Packers based on what you saw with the Bucks and the Rams offense going off the rails the last couple of weeks are the Packers your number one in the NFC right now um I'll take it a step further. The Packers are my number one team right now in the in the entire NFL. Wow. Um, the way that defense is playing, um, it's impressive. And uh, snow or not, the way that they, sh- they shut out Russell Wilson, I know it was Russell Wilson's first game back and it was on his throwing hand, but it's still an NFL team with one of the top quarterbacks in the league. They shut him out. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. And when he's Aaron Rodgers, there's not a quarterback that's more dynamic than he is. Um, so not only is Green Bay the best team in the NFC, in the NFC, Green Bay is the best team in the NFL right now. How big a loss is Aaron Jones going to be for them? It's going to be big um, in a sense of when Aaron Jones is in the game, they throw him the ball, they run screens, they swing him out wide. Uh, he runs inside, he runs outside. Now, they'll they'll have A.J. Dillon, who's a a very talented back, but he's not as uh, dynamic. He's not as versatile Mm. as Aaron Jones. Um, If they can find some versatility from him, that'll be a big surprise and that'll create matchup issues. But when Aaron Jones is out of the backfield, he's a matchup problem. Um, And then when Aaron Jones is in the backfield, are you going to line up and stack the box? Are you going to play a quarters defense? Are you going to have six in the box? Like what what kind of defense are you going to play? 
but he allows you to then at the line check into the most advantageous play for the for the offense. AJ Dillon doesn't really give you all of that autonomy to change plays at the line and catch defenses off guard as mm-hmm. much as Aaron Jones does. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think it, they'll look more of a traditional run the ball play action. And then we're going to, we're going to throw the ball 30, 40 times a game. Are they, are they significantly different in your estimation in terms of style of runner and what they bring, or is it more, I don't know. I'm thinking of say a few seasons back when Lev Bell went down and James Connor got the shot and everyone said, well, that's the Steelers done because Lev Bell's gone out. And actually Connor proved to be almost as prolific and almost as versatile, right? At catching out the yeah. backfield as well. Or is this mm-hmm. different because Dylan is just a fundamentally different style of running back? I think, I think fundamentally they're different. I think because Aaron Jones runs so strong and so tough that um, it kind of blurs the line. Um, but for me, watching them play. I, I think they're two different backs. Um, they do like, I think every running back in the league in today's game of football can do similarly the same things. They, they, they can catch the ball in the backfield. They can, they can uh, run routes and they can run any, any run scheme really um, that, that an offense can create. Um, I think that's just kind of like the bar that has been set for running backs in today's game. You can't yeah. just be one dimensional. Yeah. Um, but then there's, but then there's how well can he do this? How well can he do that? Not that he just can't do it, but can he do it at a level to where we trust him to do it 10 times a game? Mm, okay. Listen, we uh, said 11 questions. We're going to fire some quick fire ones in the mix. Otherwise we're going to be here all day, Friday, Shane. I know you've got, <laughs> you've got holes to play on the golf course. So we don't want to keep yeah. away, away from wish. the driving range. <laughs> it's 20, to, it's 20 degrees here today. There, there is the clubs are staying in the garage. You can tough it out. Come on. <laughs> you've got rings, man. You can handle a bit of gold. So the Nat Coombe show is brought to you in association with the Air Lingus College Football Classic and the first chance. Iron Mike to get tickets to see Northwestern versus Nebraska at the Aviva Stadium Saturday the 27th of August 2022 is through the pre-sale Friday the 19th of November. That's this Friday, gang. Uh, visit collegefootballisland.com to sign up now for exclusive access. collegefootballisland.com. All right. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go here first. So this is technically question five if you're keeping count at home. Who has a better chance of winning the Super Bowl? The Cardinals? Or the Titans? Cardinals. Uh, and that's that's the Derrick Henry factor. So if Henry... It's, if, it's that simple. Let's go back three weeks or whatever it was. And I'll ask you the same question. What would you say then? The Titans. Mm. I would. You're still buying on the uh, the cards. Well, they're, the fact they're quite green, you think that might come back to haunt me. You were saying that last time, right? That Yeah, know. I do. I, I think I think it's going to catch... I think later in the seat, like we're at the point that we're at now we're going to start to see um, teams that are used to playing in the playoffs start to play playoff football mm. um, in week 13. I don't know if the Cardinals have enough experience on their team um, to know how to turn up and how to turn on the playoff. The playoffs are coming button and every play matters a little bit more. Um, you know, I, and the Rams are right behind them. The Rams, I think, have a little bit have more experience than the, than the Cardinals do. Um, and they see the Rams again. They see the Cowboys and they see the Seahawks. And, and that's the Cardinals um, last few weeks. They see the Seahawks twice. 
uh, Rams once and the Cowboys at Dallas. It's not easy, is it? That is, that is, you know, yeah. And so I don't see them winning all of those. They'll probably figure out a way to win most of them. Um, but it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious what type of hits they're going to take um, as far as players being able to play their, their, you know, their normal lot because now we're getting to the time of the season where injuries happen a little more frequently. Guys are, our guys are beat up. Everybody's hurt right now. Um, everybody's hurt, whether you're on the, the, the injury report or not, you're dealing with something. Um, so it's just going to be a matter of if they, if they're able to dig inside themselves and withstand the rest of the season and still know that you have to play better once the playoffs um, are approaching. Okay, next up, uh, you're another former team of yours, the New York Giants. Uh, they are up against the Bucks this week uh, on Monday Night Football, of course, and it's a difficult spot to be facing the Bucks, who are going to be looking for for a bounce back win. But yeah. good news for the Giants, Saquon Barkley should be back. That's what we're expecting Saquon to be back in the lineup. Another injury affected season for him, uh, so it begs the question, Shane: Are we ever going to see Saquon back to his best? You know, I, I hope so, because I, I think he's one of the most electric players um, when he is healthy mm. that the game has seen. Um, but the only my hesitation is that. How are you going to be able to get him enough carries, get him enough touches to where he stays healthy, but he also finds that rhythm that we were talking about? Right. Um, you know, because there's, there's, there's a fine line between getting a player in rhythm and giving a player too many touches. And if he's been injured before, which he has, and again, this year, and, you know, it's as, as a coach and as an organization, you have to decide is his health more important or is him winning us football games more important? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't, and I don't know the answer to that. I think that, that varies between each, each organization, each team and what the team has. Um, each player as well right because presumably there is going to be you're going to be directed a lot by the player there and i guess a lot i know Saquon's made a you know a good chunk of change already but you know he most of the time players are going to tell you yeah i'm good to go right even if even right if not. yeah 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 but and you know what's interesting is that i think back to saquon when he was in college football and there's two years um his last two years at penn state he at the beginning to middle of the season he was all the rage um candidate for a Heisman, all this type. And then for whatever reason, the last, his last two years, the end of the season, he just kind of fell off and just mm. kind of disappeared, just kind of lost his steam. Um, wasn't making the remarkable um, big explosive plays that he was in the beginning of the season. So I'm wondering, so that's in the back of my head as well. When I think about Saquon, um, you know, towards the end, like, is he going to be able to get that, what we saw his rookie year, is he going to be able to find that again? Right. Um, I don't think he'll be able to find that again this year. I, I think his best bet uh, will be finding that Saquon that, that everybody loves uh, next season. Yeah. And I guess as well, it doesn't help that the, the giants are obviously a, a struggling outfit as well. I mean, it's probably yeah. easier to get back in the saddle if uh, say he was at the Cowboys. I know it's hard for you to admit that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. about the, what about the lions, right? Do the lions uh, have, uh, the Browns this weekend. And then of course a short week for them in Thanksgiving. It, it Thanksgiving. Is that going to be, Oh, what a story that would be. Is that when the lions win their first game of the season <laughs> on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Uh, they play, what is that? They play the, uh, the bears on Thanksgiving, yeah, the right? bears on Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's yeah. the first of the, of the three games. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't see them winning at Cleveland. Um, mm. I see them possibly being Chicago on Thanksgiving. Uh, why not? That that would be special, um, and it would be fitting for that franchise. Yes, it um, it's the way they should do it. Otherwise, they're going to go 16 and one, right? Right, right. <laughs> I think the thing that's most impressive for me with the, with with the Lions is just that they're continuing to fight. Um, you know, I, I know Pittsburgh was without Ben Roethlisberger, but they still. Uh, dragged them into the deep waters and, and Pittsburgh couldn't swim and they ended up with the tie ball game. Um, so uh, the most impressive thing is that I think I could see the, I could see the lions getting two wins this year. Um, hey, Hey, listen, hold, hold your thought for a moment. Cause I've just okay. got a message as we're, as we're talking from o- Ollie, the producer, which amazes me. He does actually listen to the show when we're recording it. Cause I've been <laughs> playing, playing Fortnite or call of duty or something. Uh, uh, there is breaking news on this. Um, Jared Goff is not going to practice today uh, due to an oblique injury, and he's considered day-to-day. Tim Boyle will be taking first-team reps. So we could see Tim Boyle being the man that brings the first victory this season. (laughs) I know you cover cover a fair amount of college. Can you tell us anything about Tim Boyle? Because I don't know much about Tim. In a moment of transparency, I'm not too too familiar. I'll tell you, Tim Boyle... Uh, Shane Vereen. Ah, oh, he was on the, ah, oh, that's right. Of course. Yeah. I, I say, of course, like I'm a big Tim Boyle aficionado, but now it rings a bell that he was on the Packers uh, roster for a couple of years. Right. So he was kind of bounced okay. around. Uh, and I think he, I think he, you know, might've seen a couple of, you know, a cup of coffee with the, with the Packers, like, you know, a couple of reps. Yeah. But yeah. That's right. Tim Boyle. <laughs> B-O-Y-L-E. Yeah. Tim Boyle. Yeah. Kent- college UConn, Eastern Kentucky. Okay. Uh, he was, uh, he was, was he drafted? No, he was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. UConn, UConn hasn't been good in a long time. Uh, this could be Tim Boyle's moment. It could be his Mike White yes. moment. Uh, exactly. Go Tim Boyle. Loving yeah, that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the Lions, well, yeah, they might sneak a win. It'd be uh, terrific if it, it was on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. uh, all right. Back to serious contenders. The Chiefs back in business, of course, uh, yeah. shutting up the haters offensively in particular. That was a key performance. Uh, taking on the Cowboys. What a game this is going to be. The yeah. Cowboys clearly are amongst the strongest in the NFC right now. The, the Chiefs, but for reasons we've outlined, everything's kind of clustered together. And they've been off their game for a while. But are you buying yeah. back into the Chiefs now on the basis of, of that performance? Or should there still be skepticism that they're going to be able to replicate that week on week? Um. The fact that they were a, they've won uh, their last three games. They beat right. the Giants, and they didn't look good against the Giants. And, and I think the Giants had a chance to win that game. But the fact of the matter is, the Chiefs found a way to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat the Packers, and then they beat the divisional uh, divisional opponent at the Raiders, and they smashed them. Um, after, out of those last three wins, the Raiders game was the, is the most impressive to me mm. um, because they, they, it's a division game. Uh, you never know what happens in a division game um, at your at your divisional opponent's uh, stadium. Um, so I think that was the most important win to me. I think what they what they show against Dallas is going to be really telling. Um, I do think that. They will win their division. I do think that they will win one or two max playoff games. I just don't see enough consistency. And I think that these last, 
how many games they have? One, two, three, four, five. These last six, seven games that they have, um, consistency is going to be is going to be the thing. Consistency and not turning the ball over, which has kind of been what they've been dealing with all year. But more than anything, the defense and running the football, they just have not been able to find. And when it, when it gets down to to this part of the season, to the end of the year, you have to be able to run the football and you have to be able to stop the run and play defense. And they can't do that. Yeah. So that's that's why I'm still very skeptical. You know, it's it's I think that it's a great point you make that isn't emphasized enough. You know, and I know Edward Hilaire being injured is is obviously a factor there, but their ground game is so anonymous, and yeah, the turnover differential that's got to level out. Kelsey you assume is unless he's playing banged up, which could well be, it could explain a lot. Right. But he was big last week. He should revert back to type at some point, the underneath game, if the deep threat is being taken out should improve. This is what fascinates me about the chiefs. People say, well, everyone's worked out a way to take down the chiefs. You take out the deep threat and they can't beat you on. Well, they, that was happening. That's been happening for years. Certain teams have done that and they've still beaten them you know, death by a thousand cuts is just this season. Mahomes has been off. The line has taken time to, 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 you know, to familiarize and get into, get into a groove, which it seems to really be now. Right. And those players like McCall Harmon and Byron Pringle and and Kelsey, obviously that they haven't been on point. There's a strong belief, of course, for optimism. They will, but those individual players will start to play up. Mm-hmm. And if they do that, I think I think the Chiefs are, are serious contenders. I think I've I've been pushing that drum for a while. If you can yeah. push a drum, banging the drum for a while. <laughs> but they yeah. uh, they're better yeah. than advertised. I think. Yeah, and yet, you know what I think is frustrating with the Chiefs is that you know that they can just turn it on, or you right. feel as though you're just waiting for that game for them to turn it on. And every time you turn on a Sunday football and they don't it's not that chiefs team. You're just so disheartened and so disappointed because it's so much fun to watch. Right. If you realize, if you write, if you remember towards the end of the season last year, they weren't playing their best football. Mm. Their playoff run wasn't really that impressive. And then eventually in the super bowl, they got embarrassed. Mm. Um, And I kind of see that same team this year. Yeah. Um, I, you know, nothing's really standing out to me about the chiefs and, when they went on that Super Bowl run, everything stood out to the Chiefs. Patrick yeah. Mahomes stood out. Um, the run game stood out. The receivers stood out. Travis Ke- like everybody mm. stood out and was special. Mm. Nothing s- since since the end of the year last year, maybe around this week, maybe around week fifteen. Actually, last year, mm. they have just looked at the sh- a shell of themselves, and it's the same team that we've seen this year. That is a really fascinating point because. I think so much focus is put on the Super Bowl defeat and the case for the defense for the Chiefs is, well, look, they obviously fixed a big part of that problem in the Super Bowl, the offensive line getting manhandled. But actually, you're right. If you trace back further than that, they were struggling before that particularly bad matchup for them, right? And against that right. that, that Tampa D. I guess as well, when you look at the Super Bowl run, because another argument as well, and I've used this argument myself, why is everyone getting carried away about uh, Kansas City's defense being poor? It's been <clears throat> hasn't been great for years, right? But right. there is a notable drop off. You look at the Super Bowl run to, to to now. However, Jones is back and Clark back fit because they've both you know been knocked mm-hmm. up. That's not to be dismissed. And the addition of Melvin Ingram as well, which uh, Carlson was was saying on on the show, I think last week the impact that he is having on the others around him as well. So it, it, yeah. they are definitely moving on up and with Spags 
I mean, that's his MO, right? Let's get better as we, we, we move along. So mm. dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the Bucks. Speaking of injuries as well, uh, Brown and Gronk have been out a chunk of time. Scotty Miller's on the IR, banged up secondary. Vita Vea, he should be all right, they think. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, you took a hit. Uh, secondary is, is in particular in, in a mess. Is there a risk that they are going to be one of those teams that everyone has to contend with injury, right? But yeah. they're going to be one of those teams that is just getting a disproportionately uh, unlucky amount of injuries, and that could derail their season. So the, uh, there, there's two two ways I'm looking at this. Um, one is that uh, most of the injuries that I've seen, I think those players will be back, and those are key players. I think, you know, um, Godwin – JPP, I think those those are two um, important players that, they, that they're going to need to have back and not just have back, but playing like significant, significantly better and, and significant downs and significant plays, explosive plays. Um, as far as these injuries are concerned, um, Bruce Arians has been around the game for too long. Um, Tom Brady has been around the game for too long. That coaching staff has been around the game for too long and they're too good of a coaching staff to allow injuries to affect them to the point to where they can't perform and go win football games. Right. And and that's what I think. I I think injury injuries are a part of football. Um, And some, some years you have more injuries than other years. And some years you, you have just barely any injuries. Um, But at the same time, when you have a coaching staff that has done has been around the league for so long and, and they're so innovative, um, injuries are a factor, but the, it shouldn't be the determining factor to whether or not we're winning football games. So the Bucks will be fine. The Bucks will yeah. be back in business. You would assume this this week against the Giants, and uh, yeah. I, I, we're in that cluster. I think. Well, the Cowboys. You got to still keep the Rams there, although you know I get it. It's worrying without Woods and, and the impact that that seems to be having on the offense. Uh, yeah. uh, and of course, the, the pack, as you mentioned earlier. So they seem to be the breakaway pack there. All right, two more for you before we let you get out of Dodge. The Steelers. Uh, NBC must be slightly gutted that their game this week is, they can't flex it, is, is Chargers Steelers, right? So <laughs> uh, maybe not what they were hoping because their Chargers have fallen off a cliff. Yeah, I'm so unfortunate. Because last time I was on here, I was so high on the Chargers. Right. I thought they were the most underrated team and all that type of stuff. But this is the, yeah, t- this go- the time of the season where what's you What's gone wrong? Yeah, why Why is it all gone so wrong? You know, it's um, new coaching staff. But, at, you know, you, when you start a season off hot, um, everything seems to be just easy. And then mm-hmm. when you start to get challenged or – when what you've been doing so well isn't working one week and then you're, you're faced with other issues, then you might lose it, lose a player or someone's just not having a good game. Uh, maybe you have a, a bad, a bad, um, a bad week of coaching in a sense to where the game plan is just off kilter. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that all, that all factors in and you know, this is the type of season. I think I, we were talking about it where you're either going to continue to get better and make a playoff push or you're going to plateau. Mm. And, and we've seen your best football and it's not going to get any better. This is who they are. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of the identity crisis that the Chargers are going through right now. They've had some really close games as well, haven't they? I mean, the Ravens, obviously, notwithstanding, but that defeat to the, the 
Patriots was a narrow one. Yeah. The Vikings was a one score game. Uh, yeah, it, you kind of feel that, yeah, it, in a different year, those two go a different way. And, you know, even despite the Ravens game and, and most contenders have been, have had a bad day at the office and have had a blowout. You'd, so we'd mm-hmm. be talking differently. What about Pittsburgh? Are they, are they, uh, I guess every team is a, is a, is a great quarterback away from being a contender, but the, the Pittsburgh, A, uh, Steelers, A are contenders and B, well, look, Mason Rudolph did nothing when he came in. Big Ben, great player at the end of his career. A, yeah. A, a shadow of his former self, right? If yeah. they had a better quarterback, would they be legit? Legit in what's like a contender and legit. A Super Bowl in- contender. So look no, at his defense. No. So uh, if you slotted in, let's say, uh, take kind of Mahomes and, and uh, superstar quarterbacks out of the equation. If you put in somebody like Matt Ryan into Pittsburgh, would yeah. they become a Super Bowl contender? Um, no, uh, not definitely not overnight. Um, I think uh, as talented as Pittsburgh is on paper and, and across the board, defensively and offensively, they have talent. Um, they're still not the Pittsburgh Steelers of Le'Veon Bell and and um, that offense that, that they had. It, but adversely, that defense was pretty was pretty damn good too. God, I mean that offense, Brown Juju, a young Juju. I mean, my God, that was that was. I, Serious, yeah, it was special, but they also had kind of like a grit tool. Um, mm-hmm. they, they they had they had that sense of confidence, um, slightly arrogant, but in a good way. And th- when they took the field, they were trying to embarrass you, they were trying to put up 50 on you, they were trying to sack the quarterback five times and just hit you in the mouth over and over and over. And they were just going to run the football for the whole second half. And you're not going to be able to stop it. Mm. I don't see that. I don't feel that when I watch them anymore, they seem more passive than aggressive. Mm. Um, and they don't feel, they don't seem to me um, outside of a few plays that they might make, they don't really exude confidence that swagger. no matter our swagger exactly that no matter what happens we're going to win this game i don't mm-hmm. i just don't feel that and until i feel that i'm not gonna feel as though the steelers are a contender regardless of who they mm-hmm. put on the field okay great point uh just a quick tangential i'm calling my bonus question but you got me thinking when you were playing which team and it might be a specific defense one year or they always were like this which team did you think oh god looking at the schedule like oh man no because you knew you were gonna get hit hard you knew it was gonna be <laughs> brutal yeah uh that was uh, uh that would be the the ravens mm-hmm. and and um and the jets when rex ryan was there oh god yeah right that yeah that was, they they went to the championship game a couple of times right it, yeah it those were um well, yeah, we played we played the Ravens every year in the playoffs that I was in New England. Um, we played the Jets obviously twice a year, but we ne- I, when I was in New England, we never played the Jets in the playoffs. Anyways, mm-hmm. I knew every time we lined up against those two teams, um, I would wake up Monday morning with a headache, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I would wake up Monday morning with a sore something or maybe sore two different things, and I would wake up in the morning just completely exhausted yeah. because those were the two teams that pushed us regardless of their records. They continued to push us, hit us in the mouth yeah. and they, they played physical again and it was physical against physical. 
because that presumably you're talking about Ray Lewis said Reed era Ravens. Yes. Right? Oh boy. Yeah, and you were right. Sucks. The firing like Steve oh, Suggs as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. It was. Oh, it was unreal. It wasn't. It was unreal. Oh yeah. man, you had to run into. I mean, just the idea of you running directly into that. <laughs> my yeah. God. Over and over and over. I've got respect uh, for you. Respect for you, man. Uh, all right. Last one. Question 11. Got to ask you about Odell Beckham because you know Odell Beckham, played with Odell Beckham. What is he like as a teammate? Because there's been a lot of hate thrown around for Beckham, right? From a lot yeah. of people that have no idea at all, really, because they haven't been there. And they're throwing a lot of shade on, on Beckham. There is does seem to be mixed opinion there at the end of the tail end of the Browns saga, there was an unnamed locker room source that spoke to the media and suggested that he was really disruptive. Obviously we've seen the, the situation uh, with, with Baker Mayfield clearly wasn't uh, a working, a successful working relationship, but yeah. you think he's unfairly positioned that it, this is all that there's a negativity around it that isn't justified. Yeah. Um, and I think it comes from people that have never been in a locker room with him. I think it comes from people that have never practiced with him, never played a down with him. Right. Um, I understand his personality. It's a combination of his personality and just how talented he is as a football player. And sometimes uh, when, when you have, when you're as gifted as he is and you might say something the wrong way or you might act a certain way on social media or in an interview, people will take it and be like, Oh, he's cocky. He's arrogant. And nobody likes him. Mm. When in reality, all my times with him, when I was at the giants, he was one of the hardest practice, one of the hardest workers in practice day in and day out. Don't care if it was day one or day 300, he practiced as if it was a game every single time he came to work um there was of course some off the field stuff but i think the off the field stuff was is magnified just because of how special a talent that he is right and unfortunately that's not fair but that's but that's life and that's how it is and everybody has to go through that to to somebody of his caliber you're gonna go through that at some point um and it's just how you deal with it. And has he dealt with everything perfectly? No, of course not. Um, has he made some mistakes? Of course he has. But I think at the core, he wants to work hard. He wants to win football games. And well, I, I mean, that's what I want for my teammate. I want my teammate to have my back. I want my teammate to show up on Sundays. I want him to show up um, during practice. And I want him to, to help us win football games. And he can do that. He does it his own way, and it might not be the way that you would prefer, but that shouldn't overshadow um, just how special um, and talented he can be as a player and um, how, how good of and nice of a teammate he was. Well said, man. And it is, as you suggested, this is from someone who knows him. He's played with yeah. him as most of all these yeah. hundreds of thousands of people have no idea, really. And they're just speculating yeah. and guessing. Just a, a very quick follow up on that before we go. I was talking about this on the show when, when Beckham was signed and, and, you know, Von Miller, who was instrumental in getting that deal done. And they were on, uh, I can't remember which channel it was, but it was posted, you know, they were talking about, let's go, let's go get the Super Bowl. If you're, if you're Sean McVay, 
Like I get why players are saying that. If you're Sean McVay, are you a little bit, oh, fellas, don't, don't talk, don't talk about that in public. Do you think that McVay would be, would have been a little bit annoyed about that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because in today's, in today's, in the world of media today, anything can become a distraction mm. if the locker room isn't prepared to handle anything. Uh, if the lot, like that, that's one thing I do appreciate. I know it, it's, it's, you know, in New England, Bill doesn't like the media. Uh, the players are, are short worded and very smart with what they say and how they answer questions that I, that is put in place. Be, so the media doesn't take something run with it. And then, all it takes is one little story to creep into a locker room. Right. And that one little story might turn into two different opinions now in the locker room. Then those two different opinions turn into two different stories. And before you know it, you got a divided locker room. You got people that are more interested in, in the ESPN write-up than, than showing up to, to, their, to their team meeting on time. Right. You know, um, and that that's why. So when you're able to limit the distractions, I can't I can't tell you how many times Bill said that limit the distractions. Football is already hard enough who we have to play on Sunday. It's already difficult enough, let alone if we add in all these outside sources who says this, the locker room's broken. The, the, the coach has lost the locker room. I was on a team with the Giants where a big story came out. The coaches lost the locker room. And from then on, it was a media just circus show. Yeah. And you, we couldn't get out of our own way at that point. None yeah. of the, the young players, especially didn't know how to handle it. And it just turned into, it just turned into too much. Yeah. And you, you forget the reason why you're actually in the building in the first place. Was that, was um, that when McAdoo was coach that that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really interesting. Shane, uh, brilliant. Always great to spend time with you, man. Uh, yeah. I do man. have one question for you though. Come on, let's do it. Okay. I want, I want to take like, at least let's take like, Two, three minutes just to talk this out. Let's do it. Because I've, I've been thinking about this the last the last couple of weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the Rams were seven and one, mm-hmm. right? They brought in Von Miller to a the defense that was number one a year ago. Okay. Make make maybe make it better. Uh then you lose to the Titans, three, seven, and two. You bring in Odell Beckham to mm-hmm. an offense that seemingly was the best offense or one of the best offenses in the NFC, maybe in the NFL, but you bring in a star in Odell. Why? Like, was it, was the defense Mm. not as good as we thought? Is the offense not as good as we thought? Because why give up so much to seemingly number one ranked defense in an offense that is very difficult to stop? So I was just thinking, like, what, like, are, is there something going on inside the building that we don't know about? Because that those two moves, mm. one of one move makes the Vaughn move makes sense. Okay, mm. that's fine. But now, then you're going to bring in Odell as well. Yeah, wow. I I guess it's a great question. So I I got a few thoughts on this. Firstly, I guess Odell, the different transactions for starters, right? Odell, I I know it's been well documented for a while that he hasn't been a happy camper in Cleveland, but it all happened pretty quickly, right? It was suddenly like, okay, he's, you know, it came up, the deadline came and went. And I suppose you could argue 
that maybe moves could have been made there, but they weren't certainly by, by the Rams. The deal wasn't done. Now, whether they were the gambling on him clearing waivers, but it was different. It, it's like he, the opportunity arose and they grabbed it. Whereas with mm-hmm. Vaughn, it was a bit different, right? They kind of went right. looking for him and getting a transactional deal done that way. So I guess in that way, they're, they're different. To your point earlier about injuries affecting seasons and every team has to deal with them. I guess that the, the Rams looked at it and thought, well, listen, and they're so obviously all in this season. Then we've got, yeah. we've got yeah. all, you know, it, it's like I was saying the other day on the show, They've pushed all their chips all in and now they're getting the line of credit from the pit boss. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the, yeah. house, the car keys are on the table. <laughs> right, right, the right. The keys are on the yeah. table. Thinking, you know, we might as well just go for it. So yeah. I suppose they're, they're, they're hedging their bets to that degree. You know, the the variety, I guess, that maybe that was... That was did Stafford, you know, new in the building? Has he, has he talked to McVay a lot and said, look, if we add... If we can add another receiver, although I, I do think Beckham's different because it was opportunistic, right? It's not like yeah, they went and got a receiver right. at the deadline. So maybe, right. you know, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe, you know, looking at the defensive side, they felt because Vaughn is not going to be an every down player, right? right. So right. that extra variation. Let me throw it back at you, though. When we get to playoffs and look at specific matchups, because that's key as well. Like the Rams are going to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. We know a lot of a number of teams that we're pretty sure are in, in the NFC. Certainly, are they looking at specific matchups? The Rams are thinking, right? Von Miller is going to help us specifically against the Packers, the Bucks, or, or the Cowboys, or all of the above. Like having that extra dimension, yeah. how that's going to change the front seven. That they were looking at it almost not so much for the season as a whole, but for maybe specific matchups in the playoffs. I think that as well. Um, I think that, yeah, maybe a little, a little, is it called a foresight, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like looking, okay. Um, down the line, uh, we might be faced with a team that's going to do this to us. So maybe we, so we have to have an answer for that. And I, I completely get that. And then I looked at their schedule, right? Mm. These, these are the teams they play. These are the teams they've beat Chicago, Indianapolis, Tampa, Seattle, New York Giants, Detroit Lions, Houston Texans. <laughs> so, are they overrated, the Rams, is what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> I, but if you look at those are the only team, the team, and then uh, so really the only team that they've beat that is like a contender or a strong playoff team is the Bucks. And they had the Bucks at home. Right. Um, outside of that, I, I mean, so maybe it was, and then the last two weeks they played, they lost to Tennessee and they lost to San Fran. Yeah. Um, and they lost to Arizona earlier in the year. Yeah. Those are all three good teams. Right. <laughs> right. So maybe they weren't, you know what I mean? Maybe they did need them. And that's why I asked the question. Mm-hmm. Is that why? Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe because we're, we're drinking the Kool-Aid with Stafford and, this, and, you know, the Cooper Cup. It's the greatest connection I've ever seen. Right, right. <laughs> But yeah, that yeah probably is when you're playing the the Bears, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just say it, I, you know. Really? Nothing against. I mean, it is the NFL, but I, I, it's not the most impressive schedule. Yeah, the Rams. Yeah, the, sorry, the Giants, the Lions, the Texans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's to come together a little bit. Yeah, uh-huh. when yeah when they look at the running now. Well, I guess we'll find out a lot. Uh, you know, over the over the next few weeks on a bye this week, uh, and that'll be important, I guess, if. Woods is still, is still banged up, but Beckham's acclimatization, I mean, that's good timing, exactly. obviously, for him to uh, have that extra week. They've got, uh, they've got some 
interesting matchups. It should be, well, it's quite a mixed bag, isn't it? Because they've got the pack, they've got the Ravens. Mm-hmm. 49ers could still be playing for something in the final week of the season. Yeah, I mean, we'll learn Cardinals a lot. Again. This, I think for the, for the Rams, this bye week couldn't have come at a more perfect time. Mm. It'll give them time to rest up. It'll give them time to recharge the, recharge the battery pack because once they come back from the bye, Packers, Jags, Cardinals, Seahawks, Vikings, Ravens, Niners. The only game that is for me right now a for sure win for them are the Jags and possibly the Seahawks. Right. Yeah, because yeah, the Seahawks might have thrown it in by then. You're right. Yeah. Odds, Vikings, dangerous. Uh, yeah. 49ers playing for the, their playoff lives potentially there. And then, of course, yeah. Ravens, Cards, and Packers. Ouch. <laughs> so. We'll know a lot more. That's a good theory, yeah, man. Good theory. Yeah, the Rams so, overrated. I love. That. I don't know. Let's let's talk. Let's talk in a few weeks and let's Deal. let's decide. We will know. Let's have a chat maybe after the after the Seahawks game. Okay. When they let's just played the Packers and the Cards and the Seahawks, will that? Yeah, we will know yeah. a little bit more then. All right. Deal. Absolutely. Done. We're putting it in the diary. Shane, good to see you, man. All right. Good to see you. I appreciate it. Take care, man. Great stuff as ever. As expected from Shane. Really looking forward to catching up with him in a few weeks and put his theories to the test. Are the Rams maybe overrated? Wow, it's got me thinking. Uh, Let us know what you think on that one at the NC Show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we got lots out uh, this week as well. A good college days with Ben. When isn't it a good college days with Ben? Quite frankly, looking at edge rushes in Rookie Watch, we have a player from the top four teams in the college rankings right now that's going to go high in the draft uh some of your questions as well or suggestions from social in terms of which players we should look at going forward so a lot of love for kickers and punters <laughs> in the draft uh so we're going to do that in future episodes and a lot more besides that's a good college days uh there's also iron mike week 10 reviewed that is in the vault go check that out iron mike on solid form as ever and last but not least Edge Rush, me and Propo will drop later on this week. I'm not going to comment on anything at all about the Drew Locks of the week. The Acker didn't veto the Acker, I'd like to point out, uh, Propo. So we've got, I've got more ground to make up again, quite frankly, but I'm confident. Like the Rams, I'm not overrated when it comes to Edge Rush. That's what I feel. I'm going to come good. So that is all to come. Go check it out. Subscribe. Uh, leave us a review if you have 30 seconds. We appreciate that. You know the drill by now. We'll see you next time. Podcast Network.